0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to another live episode of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. It's a bonus edition. I felt the need to jump on and talk about the breaking news with regards to our boss, Mikel Arteta, who's been cleared of the FA charges against him. Now, I think, although I'm really, really pleased with the outcome, obviously, because I don't think that Mikel Arteta deserved to be charged in the first place. I think he had every right to be really disappointed. By the standard of officiating, not just that day, but the standard of officiating that he has encountered over the last 12, 18 months, to be honest, because there have been so many examples of bad decisions against Arsenal um, during that time. You, You can understand why a manager who feels the pressure to deliver for the football club, who feels the pressure to really challenge for the game's biggest trophies you can understand why he feels the way he does when you come across that many incidents that are so contentious that are so divisive over the course of a period like that you know at some point you're going to break at some point the emotion is going to take over and at some point you're going to end up blowing your lid basically um we'll get into the the intricacies of uh, the independent commission's investigation we'll talk through that i've had to make uh, notes because there's so many important points to this i want to make sure that i cover them all off uh, on this episode of the podcast if i could just ask if you haven't done so already and you're watching us on youtube please do leave a like on the video it really really does help and if you're brand new to the channel or you're not subscribed aka You're a freeloader, basically. Please do um, subscribe to the channel. When I say subscribe, I don't mean paid subscribed. I mean subscribed as in notifications turned on, all the rest of it. So please, please do help us out and support us with that if you can. Okay, where to begin? It was announced earlier this evening that Mikel Arteta had been cleared of his charges. Now, the FA charged him with a breach of rule E3.1. His comments, according to the FA, after the Newcastle United game, were alleged to constitute misconduct towards an official. However, the Independent Commission found that the FA charge was not proven. His post-match comments, they say, whether viewed individually or in their totality, did not breach the FA rule. They also added that his comments did not insult match officials or officials generally, and that his comments did not, as was put forward by the FA, bring the game into disrepute and were not detrimental to the best interests of the game. So the Independent Commission went through all the evidence, went through what Mikel Arteta had to say. They spoke with Mikel Arteta. He was given the opportunity to speak. They cross-examined him. They also go on to say a little bit later on, Uh, In the document that Arteta was a really impressive witness that essentially spoke from the heart, that spoke honestly, openly, candidly about the whole situation. Um, And obviously, Mikel Arteta put his defence across. The club, I think, have been brilliant in this. I know that from outside Arsenal circles, I think as a football club, we got a lot of heat for the fact that the club followed up Mikel Arteta's comments that evening up at St. James's Park with an official club statement. People said that that was unnecessary. People said that that was over the top. Arsenal stuck with their manager. They stuck with their boss because they felt that he had a case. And not only that, not only did they put out the statement to back him to support him, they also, according to reports, went really kind of far in terms of their support for their boss during this hearing, during this... Ongoing investigation. It's alleged, and it is just a report, I have to stress that, that Arsenal hired a criminal lawyer in to help them uh, deal with this situation. It's also said that a load of the Arsenal hierarchy, in fact, that's not said, that is fact because you can see it on the document where there's a list of attendees. You know, the likes of Richard Garlick, for example, were there, were there alongside Mikel Arteta to back him and support him in this because as a club, you know, A, we look after our own, B, You know we stand firm with our own, and see. I don't think anybody thought that. You know that there was grounds for the FA to be dishing out this charge. Now I like the fact that we have this independent commission because I think that it protects us from the FA's incompetence. There will be times where the independent commission will have the same findings as the FA, and we're going to have to accept that. But. What this does do is give me faith that at least there is a, a good process in place, not with the VAR, obviously, um, but certainly with this type of thing, because it would have been quite easy, actually, for them to come down on Nickel Arteta and and go with what the FA's alleged um, breach of the rules was and, and, and basically smash down the hammer on him. But I think the FA and the Independent Commission, I think, have been taken aback, actually, by how strong... Arsenal have been in their fight back against this. Now, normally this type of thing happens. Manager gets charged by the FA, serves a touchline ban, whatever. And most clubs go, yeah, just keep your mouth shut, mate. We haven't really got a leg to stand on. Um, You've clearly gone a little bit too far. Let's just keep our mouth quiet. Let's just ride out the storm and and we'll, we'll get out the other side of this. But Arsenal, to their credit, you know, backed their manager. And they've been backing this manager from the day he got the job. You know whether it comes to transfer targets, whether it comes to moving on players and and paying them off essentially to to break these uh, massive mega money contracts that were causing us a problem and, and and stopping us from essentially doing some of the business that maybe we needed to do moving forward. So I'm really pleased with the the response of the football club and and actually I'm quite pleased with the independent commissions findings the statement and all the rest of it as well so just to reiterate that bit they said that he did not insult the match officials um, or officials generally that his comments did not bring the game into disrepute and were not detrimental to the best interests of the game now one really interesting part uh, to come out of this is that Mikel Arteta um, as a part of his defense put across the the language point And there is a word, a Spanish word, uh, desgracia, I think it's pronounced, which sounds very similar to disgrace, um, but is a a word that has a slightly different meaning to the English word. And it's interesting that they've put this across. I think Mikel Arteta's English is is good enough for him to know what he was saying there, um, essentially. So although I'm glad that they used this and I'm glad that it's ended up with them getting the outcome that they wanted um you know i do think that this is just someone being a really smart lawyer um and and coming up with something that y- you can't really dispute can you if you're the independent commission how can you prove whether or not mikel Arteta knew or understood what that word meant in full um or not now the word disgrace um as is put forward in the statement has a very similar spelling and pronunciation to the spanish word desgracia the spanish word has connotations of misfortune tragedy or bad luck rather than the connotations of the english equivalent which suggests contempt dishonor or disrespect while the english meaning may lead to interpretations of abuse or insult this was not the intended meaning of the comments that's what's in them that's what's in the uh in the the notes which is is brilliant again i don't know for sure Um, Maybe that is the case. Maybe Mikel Arteta got those two words confused, perhaps. Maybe he just assumed that they meant the same thing because of the similar spelling, similar pronunciation. But there is a part of me, if I take my Arsenal hat off for a minute, that just thinks, yeah, good one, good one. Um, You've done them here. there was another really interesting bit, I think, that, that came out of this that I want to highlight. And that was uh, to do with uh, Joe Willock, former Arsenal man, of course, made the move to Newcastle United. He's had a wonderful time up at Newcastle United. And Of course, he was involved heavily in the build up to what went on to be the winning goal. Should never have stood. We've spoken about it a million and one times. But Joe Willock um, was obviously very involved in that. And he was the one chasing the ball that we all felt at the time probably did go out of play. Now, apparently after the game, Joe Willock had told a a number of Arsenal players that in his view, the ball had gone out. This was then relayed back to Mikel Arteta, which the independent commission acknowledge would have impacted on how frustrated he was feeling at the full time whistle and would have impacted on his then response. And I think that's, you know, that kind of sums this whole thing up. The fact that Joe Willock, a Newcastle United player, okay with Arsenal connections, but was quite sure himself that the ball had gone out of play, you know, it just highlights even more why Arsenal, I think, had every right to feel aggrieved at that moment in time. Now, I don't expect Joe Willock at that moment to go over to the officials when the goal's just been given and say, you might want to have a look at that because the ball was out of play, in my opinion. I don't expect him to do that. He plays for Newcastle United. He represents Newcastle United. And he's going to do um, what is in their best interest, which is totally understandable and t- totally fair. I'm not seeking to dig out Joe Willock uh, at all here. He's obviously had an honest conversation with some of his former teammates, an open and candid discussion about the events shortly after the full time We saw That has got back to Mikel Arteta. As is clearly uh, highlighted in the independent commission's 37-page document, and they believe that that has, of course, um, impacted on the way he was feeling after the boss. They also, um, which I thought was was really really interesting, um, they also took into the fact uh, took into account the fact that the Premier League has acknowledged previously that VAR has its weaknesses. And that VAR has its problems in grey areas. And they did look back at the Luis Diaz goal that was ruled out um, unfairly at, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium between Tottenham and Liverpool. They did take into consideration that this process, that this technology, not so much the technology, but the operation of the technology is flawed at times. And so because of that, because of the Premier League's previous acknowledgement of that, you know, they don't find it outrageous that a manager would or could say what Mikel Arteta said in the aftermath of this game. And that has worked in Mikel Arteta's favour as well, again, as is disclosed uh, in the document. I mean, I'll get you guys' thoughts on this in a minute in the live chat. Um, so please start filling up the chat. If you've got any questions as well, we'll get on to those in just a second. But I kind of want to do a bit of a like a closing statement around this because obviously I'm happy um that you know the outcome is what it is um but i do think this this teaches us some lessons and i think that you know it's important that the game takes these on board let me just read you actually before i do that um the conclusion from the independent commission they say that michel arteta's use of the highlighted words did not whether viewed individually or in their totality breach fa rule e3 The highlighted words did not insult the match officials or Premier League officials generally. Nothing was said by Mikel Arteta in any of those interviews that implies incompetence on their part, whether in relation to the goal or more generally. The highlighted words did not bring the game into disrepute and the highlighted words were not detrimental to the best interests of the game. Therefore, we found the charge not proven And dismissed it. Finally, common sense in football prevails. It feels like we don't get too much of that nowadays. Um, But these guys, you know, to their credit, you know, have gone through it all. I think the fact that they found Mikel Arteta quite a a sort of um, a good witness, I think is the word they used. Impressive witness was the term that they used. I think obviously helps us here Um, because clearly they've listened to what he said. Clearly, he's come up with a really good defence. He's obviously been advised by the right people as well. But I think the thing is with Mikel Arteta is that when he speaks on football, the the passion comes across. Whether you like him or not, whether you agree with his points or not, I think the passion does come across from Mikel Arteta. And so if you're someone who is sitting on an independent commission here, trying to figure out if he was justified in his comments after the game, look, clearly, right, clearly, although they won't say this because it's not their place to say it and they won't get involved in this type of thing, Clearly, the independent commission, whatever you want to say, have looked at this situation, have looked at what actually happened on the day, have looked at how the game went, have looked at the decision and watched all the replays and all of that and feel that Mikel Arteta had every right to feel robbed. Clearly, that's the conclusion they've come to. They won't say that and they can't say that. And I understand why they can't say that. But for them to feel that his response was justified and for them to find that his response um didn't cross the line there must be a tiny bit of them that goes well actually he's got every right to feel hard done by has he gone in so hard that we've got no choice no he hasn't he's gone in quite hard but in our opinion he hasn't crossed those lines and therefore you know we'll we'll just leave it at that and that's great to see it really really is because you don't get that very often in the modern game you know it feels like everything's become um really robotic everything's become uh you know really kind of draconian if you like i think i've seen that word used in the chat which i think is in, is really really accurate for what we're discussing and um and yet yeah, the the, fi- the final thing is that the right conclusion has been found thankfully um look my sort of closing statement on this is then i think this was a complete and utter waste of time um and the time and resource that they've put into this Could have been much better spent elsewhere, improving the game at all levels, even going down as low as grassroots levels. You know, they could have spent the resource that they've spent on this ridiculous joke of a case on providing facilities or equipment to to youngsters that want to play the game. Second thing is that this took way too long. The Newcastle game has been and gone. It was a long time ago. And who actually cares about this now? Um, In terms of the wider footballing world, we did because we were hoping not to see our manager um, punished for something that we think, um, you know, he had every right to be upset about and for comments that I don't think we feel crossed any line. And at the end of the day, when you're the FA and you go in so hard on someone the way that they did on Mikel Arteta, after the sort of conclusion of the Newcastle game and once Arsenal had come out with the statement the following day and all the rest of it, you actually look a little bit silly when the independent commission come out and and find him essentially not guilty of any of the things that you said he did. They've, They've literally listed the things that the FA charge contained and they've dismissed every single one of them. They say the charges cannot be proven because... That's the the terminology that they need to use because ultimately, you know, someone needs to be proven guilty. But the truth is, you know, well, let me rewind that a second. Somebody needs to be proven guilty, not proven not guilty. But essentially, that's what they've done. They've proven him not guilty because they don't feel that anything he said crossed any line and um, and brings the game into disrepute, which is a nonsense statement in itself, by the way. The amount of times I hear that banded about Oh, you've had a go at the referee because he gave a bad decision. Oh, um, you can't do that. You're bringing the game into disrepute. What does it even mean? What does it actually mean? It's a nonsense. It's a nonsense. But again, final thing on this from me before I dive into the chat box is the club unity that we saw here was to me brilliant. We saw everybody pull together. We saw the hierarchy back Mikel Arteta. You know, it was a risky a risky bit of business from the club by the way to come out and put a statement out the way they did it's unprecedented it doesn't happen all the time we don't see that often in football so for arsenal to be so supportive of their manager and hire in the right people and all be in attendance in terms of the hierarchy when they needed to be i think was was a brilliant show of the trust the faith um and the connection that they have with mikel arteta and in the end everybody uh will be uh sharing a glass i'm sure tonight um to celebrate the fact that they essentially won this ridiculous case against the FA, who clearly, um, you know, got this horribly, horribly wrong, horribly wrong. Anyway, um, before I continue, we're going to dive into the chat box in just a minute. We're going to talk a little bit about referees um, in general, I think. And I think a lot of the questions um, will fall in line nicely with this, by the way, because Obviously, we've learned uh, today that we're going to see history made uh, in the Premier League this coming weekend. Rebecca Welsh um, will become the first female to referee a Premier League match, which is incredible news. Um, Really, really good news. And I'm really interested to see how this is going to go, how it's going to work. I mean, I'm delighted that she's got the opportunity because from what I hear, from what I read, from what I understand, she's been doing a cracking job. In the sort of uh, the lower divisions, so you know we want it to be a meritocracy. We want the best officials, male or female, uh, to be uh, refereeing the big, the biggest and best games. And the Premier League certainly provides the biggest and best games. And um, and she gets her first crack at it, of course, this weekend. Sam Allison also um, will become the first black referee since 2008, which is also brilliant um, to hear as well. It was the last one, Uriah Rennie, I want to say. Um, I haven't checked that, but just off the top of my head. Um, so look, good luck to both of them. I um, hope they smash it. Great to see um, that you know those breakthroughs are being made. History is being made in that sense, and um, you know, fingers crossed uh, they can come in. They can do a great job and improve our refereeing pool because. Everybody knows that we need that, don't they? Um, Okay, right. Really, really short pause. And then we're going to dive into the chat box. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna. It's a bonus edition. Welcome back to the show. Hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. Right. Let's dive into um, the chat box. Uh, Pep says uh, it's an FA Christmas miracle. Love that. Love that. Uh, Wondering Minstrel says Arsenal played a blinder backing Arteta. Uh, Social Mole says, what's the criminal lawyer, Saul Goodman? Uh, for those of you familiar with uh, Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad, you, you'll like that one. It's brilliant, isn't it? Uh, I think uh, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of want to give credit to Mikel Arteta for maybe coming up with the the whole language thing. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone else has has come up with that as well. Um, But yeah, it feels like a kind of Saul Goodman kind of tactic, doesn't it? Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Sammy says, come on, people hit the likes. Yes, please, please do. In fact, let's check in where we are on likes. We have only got 74 likes on the board. There's hundreds of you watching us live right now. Come on, guys, Uh, leave a like on the video. It really, really does help more uh, than you could could imagine. So please do that. Gabby Martinelli, not the Gabby Martinelli, but a Gabby Martinelli says so crazy that we have to go to these lengths. Managers should be able to express themselves. I think you're right. I think people should just be mature enough to know that at times in a highly emotional game, you're going to get a overly emotional response from a manager when it hasn't gone his way. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't lines and that there aren't, you know, basic levels of respect that need to be shown. But I mean, did anyone come away from St. James's Park that night sort of upset and with their feelings hurt by what Mikel Arteta said? I don't think so. I think this was just a panic from uh, the PGMOL and the FA, you know, because because they know that this season they've been under the spotlight probably more than any other season previously. They know that the standards are not good enough. And we've got to this point where they're almost so afraid of Of being held to account for the poor standards that we're seeing and they're under so much stress as a result of trying to put it right and clearly not having the competence to do so that they are trying to create this closed shop whereby anybody that dare challenges them is just immediately shut out and and taught a lesson essentially in order to try and curb some of the noise that comes their way. The bottom line is this, unless the standards of officiating improve You are going to constantly get this kind of thing occur. And that's not fair because it's not fair on the individuals either. You know, I say I talk when I talk about refereeing standards, right? I don't sit here. You you'll rarely catch me sitting on a podcast or in any other media outlet and say ex-referee is a disgrace. Ex-referee is not good enough to referee in the Premier League. Now, there are referees and there are officials out there of whom I have that opinion. But I don't think it's helpful to point at individuals. I think the collective standard needs to be better. There isn't one or two referees that are brilliant and seven or eight that are rubbish. That, that That's not how it works in the Premier League. I think the baseline level of competence across the Premier League officials is so low that it's impossible and a waste of time and energy, essentially, to single out um, a- any particular referee I think you've got to look at the overall standards and when that base level of competence and quality uh, raises then I think you'll see you know them all improve hopefully and a better standard of officiating across the league um Tony Fulbrook says it's strange how some of the people that were criticizing Arteta on the day are now saying well done for getting off yet you're right mate you're right uh, Steve says regardless of this specific outcome would you not be surprised?" Um, if the FA have had a quiet word with Arteta to tone it down in the future. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there would have been that type of conversation. I'm sure there would have been some kind of discussion, um, whereby Mikel Arteta has been told to kind of wind it in a little bit to tone it down. We saw him after the Villa game. He just said, you know, I'm not going to comment. Um, clear and obvious, whatever, which was clearly in reference to something that they had said to him. Um, maybe it was in reference to the incident up at Newcastle, but you get the feeling that there was something more to that that it was as a result of maybe a conversation he'd had directly with them. I don't think Mikel Arteta is the kind of guy that you can put a lid on. I, I really don't. I think that he is so passionate about the game and I think that it will spill over at times if he genuinely does feel aggrieved uh, or frustrated by something. So I'm not going to sit here and say that Um, their attempts or their alleged attempt to kind of put a lid on Mikel Arteta by maybe, you know, after he gets off saying, oh, you know what, mate, like, you know, in the end, it's all all right, but let's make sure that everyone um, is on the same page going forward. I don't think you can put a lid on someone like that. I don't think you can put a a lid on Jurgen Klopp. I don't think you can put a lid on um, Pep Guardiola. I think there are managers that are so passionate about the game that is going to come out at some point if that's how they feel. Okay, um, let's uh, continue through the chat. Uh, big hello to John Renee, who joined us a little bit late, but it's around back to the beginning. Um, what else have we got? Um, uh, Ron Rogers says uh, Arteta was controlled and calm when telling the truth. It was a ridiculous charge. It was a ridiculous charge. Uh, Gabby says, uh, do you think the PGMO's relationship with Sky? is allowing them to control the narrative around controversies. I think it's a difficult balance to find, right? Because I think if you're in Sky's position, you can't be too one-sided on this. I think, like, for example, you know, A, Sky are going to broadcast the program with Howard Webb that PGMOL put out, you know, their PR piece that they put out every fortnight or whatever it is. Um, they only seem to crop up every once in a while. They certainly haven't been every fortnight, have they? Um but I think like if if the broadcasters go too big on the standard of officiating, they will be accused of firing up and creating this ill feeling towards officials that then will be blamed for the abuse that some officials get, whether that be at the top level or, or grassroots level. So I understand why they got to be careful on it. But also, if we really want to enforce change and if we really want the standards to be improved upon and if we really want to see um you know, an overall improvement and the likes of Gary Neville, who claim to care about the game more than anything really do, then they need to use their platforms to highlight the the mess that we're in when it comes to officials and highlight the level of incompetency. I think you can do that without instigating abuse and instigating um hate towards certain individuals. I think you can talk about the the uh the organization. I think you can talk about um you know maybe i'm not even saying the man at the top of the invest uh, of the um i've lost my words organization sorry i'm not even talking about because if you sit there and constantly go at howard webb what happens howard webb gets the abuse instead of the referees on the pitch i think for me that there's a way of highlighting it in a respectful way and most sensible people will be on board with you and you know the pressure applied by those sensible people will hopefully lead to the right changes. You're always going to get idiots online that are going to pop up with faceless accounts and have a go at referees and have a go at players when they don't perform and have a go at managers when they don't pick their favorite player. I, I just think society is riddled with that. And I don't really think that there's anything you can do to completely avoid that. Um, you'll always get it because it festers in, in, in you know, in people, unfortunately, I, it's it's just a horrible world we live in, isn't it? I mean, I don't know what else to say without maybe crossing the line myself. But yeah, um I, I do think that the broadcasters have to be really careful with how they approach these subjects. Um and uh and then that puts them in a difficult position. And I know that because I've I've been not on Sky, but I've been on, on broadcasts where you know, there's people behind the scenes that are really incensed, but there's also that thought about what you can and can't say and what the implications of your words might be. It's very easy for someone to say something really balanced, really smart, really well thought of, really well put together. That's constructive more than anything else. But then for someone to clip it up into a 15, 20 second clip and make it seem a lot worse than it is, plaster it on social media, and that can cause all sorts of problems. Uh, Temi says, uh, thoughts on the journalist that linked the attack on a referee in Turkey to Arteta. There was also Peter Walton's comments, um, following the attack on the referee in Turkey, where he said, uh, maybe next time the likes of Mikel Arteta and Jurgen Klopp will think twice before going after a referee. Anyone who links what Mikel Arteta and Jurgen Klopp do to what happened in Turkey, I'm sorry, he's a moron. OK, I, I I don't care what journalist it was. I, I don't even know what journalist it was. I know there were a few articles like that banding about uh, uh, Peter Walton as well. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, nobody's ever tuned into a broadcast and been excited by what Peter Walton has to say, nor have they really taken that much notice. But this, of course, caught my eye. What I will say is. I do not believe that in this country we are anywhere near the point where a a club owner, president, sporting director, whatever is going to walk onto the pitch and absolutely lamp a referee in the face. We're not at that point. And although we want to stop the abuse that officials are getting and we don't want it to be a job that people look at and go, "Nah, I'm going to stay well clear of that because of the abuse I'm going to get. We also don't need to make the situation into something that it's not. It's not great in terms of where we are and sort of the the general feeling and and general consensus towards referees but we're not at the point i don't think where a referee has to fear for his safety on a football pitch and actually if we start peddling this narrative and creating this um you know this kind of referees against everybody else mentality and and all of that by you know blaming managers for what we saw in turkey then i think we're going down a really really dangerous road so i think comments like that are irresponsible comments like that are designed to drive clicks which is exactly what they managed to do and peter Wharton, the less said about what he has to say um the better the better eh? uh let me take one or two more uh, before um i uh, go off and uh, put my feet up this evening i might watch a bit of europa league i fancy a bit of that brighton Marseille game, I've got to say. Um, we are going to be back tomorrow morning, of course, with the uh, preview for the Brighton game late morning. We'll do it at about, probably about 45, 11 a.m. We will sit and we will preview that Brighton game in detail because I think that's going to be a fascinating encounter. And I, that's partly why I want to watch Roberto De Zerbi's side. I think they might make some changes come the weekend, um, but I think it will give us a good idea of how they play. I have to say, Brighton are a side that I've watched a lot of last season. I've only watched them maybe two or three times in fall this season. So I certainly want to get um, sat down, relaxed, pour myself a nice uh, a, a nice drink, a packet of, uh, what are those crisps called? Thai sweet chilli, Walker sensations, oh, and uh, and enjoy the game. Anyway, um, let's take a couple more. Sammy says, do you think this result will encourage more managers to speak their true opinions uh, of the on-field decisions that are affecting their games. I think that managers are just generally um, so emotional and and passionate about the subject, which you have to be to get to that level of management, that there will be times where they just can't hold back. I I don't think I'd be able to hold back. I really don't. I think I would struggle. And, you know, if you're a manager and you work with those players every single day and you know, like, we don't know exactly how much, preparation for example tactically uh, in terms of recovery um, and all the rest of it how many videos were watched going into that new cost game we don't understand the full extent to which Arsenal prepared right so if you see your players going through all of that preparation to have the game ultimately decided by a stupid refereeing call then you will lose it and and maybe Sammy you've got a point maybe people will look at the fact that You know, Mikel Arteta was quite strong in his words, but hasn't been found to have brought the game into disrepute, to have um, constituted misconduct towards officials or whatever other nonsense they came up with. Um, You know, I think think they will want to speak out, you know, and uh, let me rephrase that. I don't think that they're going to now do it because of what happened with Mikel Arteta. But I do think it will put their mind at rest about how far they can go with it. And I think there are a lot of managers, like Eddie Howe is a classic example of someone who is very, very good at putting on the old, well, you know, I'm upset about it, but, you know, there's not much I can do about it now. I'm just gutted for the boys, all of that. He'll be livid in the changing room. But he's traditionally done a very, very good job, I think, of keeping a lid on that and and coming across in a different way, in a way that... Yeah, maybe doesn't get you in hot water with the FA, but certainly doesn't intimidate refs going forward. I'm not, maybe intimidates the wrong word, but certainly doesn't sit on their kind of minds going forward. Arsene Wenger was great at putting pressure on referees before big games. Sir Alex Ferguson was even better. Those managers were strong in their words because they knew that even if they did toe that line between trouble and the right side um, with the officials and with the FA, They knew that whoever had their game at the weekend would have that on their mind, would be worried because they had that stature and they had that sort of uh, reputation. They had that aura about them. Whoever was in charge of their game at the weekend would have those comments in their mind. And I'm not saying that referees went out and consciously gave those sides decisions because of the words of the manager in the build-up to the game or maybe post the previous game. But I do think subconsciously it plays a part. And I think more managers having seen Mikel Arteta get away with this, if you like, and I'm doing the inverted commas sign for those of you listening. I think they will probably think, okay, so I can push that boundary a little bit more um, and I've got that safety net of the independent commission to fall back on. So, yeah, it'll probably have an impact moving forward. um, But I think the FA and I think the PGMO will be desperate For this not to be the beginning of a real uh, loud noise that comes in their direction over the next few weeks. Ultimately, I think it's what we need. I think we need the noise to be louder around the standard of officiating so that it improves. Not for any other reason. Not because I want a referee to pick up his phone when he gets home and be abused on social media. That's not what I want. I don't think anybody really wants that. What we want is a higher standard of officiating. And there are some things when it comes to officiating that you can accept. Um, there are some things that are marginal that you can accept. Ex- For example, right, the Kai Havertz goal the other day at Aston Villa. I accept, even though I hate the rule, I accept that the ball did touch Kai Havertz's hand in the build-up and therefore the goal shouldn't stand. I accept that it did touch Matty Cash's hand, but defenders are allowed to handle the ball accidentally Based on the rules and the laws that we have now, forwards are not anymore in the adjustment that was made as a result of the introduction of VAR. I accept that. I don't like it, but I accept it. But there are some things that you can't accept. And I think when we get to the point where we're seeing decisions that we can't accept week after week after week, you're going to get uproar. It's like any other business, right? If you own a restaurant and you constantly serve shit food, eventually someone will complain. And the more it happens and the more obvious it becomes and the lower the standard of your cuisine, the louder the complaints are going to be, the more frequent the complaints are going to be. And at some point you're going to have to sack the chef. That's just how it goes. It's like that in any walk of life. Referees are not special. They're not special. And when I say that, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just mean that they're not immune to criticism. They have to be held to standards, too. Players don't perform. They're out the team. They're sold. They're moved on. Managers don't perform. They're sacked. That's how it goes. And I think for me, referees need to be held to those same standards. Right, guys, I am going to leave it there. I told my uh, I told my wife, oh, don't worry, I'll be back in uh, 15 minutes. I just need to do a quick impromptu bonus edition of the podcast coming up to 40 minutes later. Here we are. I will see you all tomorrow for the Arsenal versus Brighton preview. And remember, tune into that one because I'm going to be giving you guys the quiz question uh, from which you can enter our Christmas giveaway. As I mentioned, on the last show, on the last podcast, I'm going to be giving uh, away to one lucky listener, an Amazon voucher worth £75 uh, to say thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for tuning in as regularly as you do. And, um, and I know Christmas can be a tough time. Um, and uh, speaking as a parent, you know i know the stress that it can bring in terms of just wanting to make sure that you can provide and and do everything for your family that you want so that they can have the best possible christmas so i want to give something back um to you guys for all your amazing support over what's been an incredible year for the podcast for me professionally um as well and as i always say none of that happens none of it happens without the chronicles of aguna so you guys uh, are my number one and i'll see you All tomorrow. Until next time, take care. Goodbye.